Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Bunday, and I'm here with one of my favorite people, Aaliyah Kyle, and uh, I'm going to just let her do a broad intro, but I just want to help her out a little bit. She's a Reiki master teacher, certified breath coach, also my first coach ever. So just, we had such an amazing connection experience. We can like process that a little bit later on, but I just uh, loved finding out that you were a manifester. I was like, of course you were a manifester. You totally like catalyzed me. And I just felt like you're such an awesome soul sister. So I'll, I'll start the brag intro a little bit for you because you've just been such an awesome, special person to be. But um, I'll let you kind of fill in. You're the expert on you. So just tell us whatever you want to share about you and your business. Thank you so much for that, Megan. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. You are just, you are just the sweetest. Um, yes. So, and I think actually you were one of my first uh, coaching clients too. So I love that. I love that we've been able to stay connected through through life and through all the changes. But um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I brag that, you know, I am a Reiki master teacher and a certified breast coach, certified uh, spiritual life coach, and also a multi published author. Um, yes. <laughs> I love that part. You know, um, the I, I love all of the healing modalities and everything, um, but books definitely have a like a sweet spot in my in my soul just there's so much there's so much that you can put into a book and everybody's going to read it and get something different from it you know and it's also such a way to connect with people at a lower price range you know being in the coaching industry everything is like what 10 15,000 dollars to work with someone and the books bring so much magic to people's lives at such an incredibly affordable price, you know? Yeah, it really is leading a legacy. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about this podcast as well. Like, I think about, like, the thought leaders I discovered on YouTube, you know, that, like, changed my life. And then, you know, coaches online and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. you're kind of talking in the green room about the book piece. And I do want to pick your brain because I'm actually in the middle of writing a novel. And I really... <laughs> I thought it would be kind of a self-help book, um, but uh, like a little kind of um, not quite a memoir, like a fictional memoir, like a parallel lives kind of vibe. And um, I just definitely um, talking about transformation and a little bit of inside dish on the coaching industry. So I'm really excited to uh, write it, but I'm also like, Maybe let me just throw this out to you because you really like, you know, birthed these projects and like brought them to light. And I guess I do feel, well, let me back up for a minute. When I first met my Reiki mentor like 15 years ago, one of her first readings of me was that like I was going to be like a published author. And that was like my life purpose was writing. Yeah. And I do feel like I have been really um, focused on like coaching and developing my programs and all this stuff. And I think that's definitely a super important piece. But I think the writing piece I think it's tied to past lives. Like, I think there's so much in there. And there, this, oh, I just feel it like really wanting to come through. But I feel like the practical side of me is sort of like, 
how do I get this published? How will this like bring me money? And I know like so many people replace their marketing with just like you said, a book. Um, I think especially because it's coming out more as like fiction rather than saying like a self-help book. I'm pretty curious. Tell me a little bit about what was it like burning your books? Like, how did you get over those fears of like putting your voice out there of like going through the whole production process? Like, tell us all the things. Oh, my goodness. It was a what? It was a process. Like it literally was like birthing a book like it literally was burst. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, from, from the very beginning, um, I, I grew up wanting to be a writer. I always wanted to be a writer. I was writing, you know, um, sci-fi and I was writing romance and I was writing all these different things and poetry. Um, you know, and so for me, having it published is like one of my, just my greatest goals achieved, but it did not come without hardship. (laughs) It took me about two years to publish my first book just because of all the things that come up during the process. So when you're writing your book, the most important thing is, now you have to understand if you're writing your book just for fun, to accomplish a goal, to you know just get your message out there, are you writing for passion or are you writing for money? Because there's t- there are two totally different routes to go. And neither one is better than the other. And, you know, I have my passion projects and I have my projects that's you know, are gearing towards replacing my, my full-time income. But you have to know which way you are going because then it differs. There's differences between those two. So if, you, if it's your passion project, definitely when you get seated down, have a, a general outline of where you would like to go. You know, like what is the the whole premise of your work? What is the mission of this work, you know, to send into the world, right? And then you sit down and you write and you can have like your spiritual practices, you know, to help you get into that creative mode and you know, you can have your your candles lit and your incense and, you know, whatever it may be and get into the, the mode and just allow your creativity, your spiritual muse, your creative muse uh, just flow through you. And then once you've, you know, written, you know, you can write like 500 words a day and you can be done with your book, you know, within a couple of months, you know, and depending with uh, editing. But this is a huge thing. Do not go back and read what you wrote after you've written it. Wait till you are done and then you're moving into the editing process because I can guarantee you the moment you'll go back to read what you have written, all of those things come through like, you know, the imposter syndrome or, you know, the where did that come from? Or, you know, like, you know, let me just edit this a little bit and then edit this a little bit and then then you miss the message of what you were trying to convey, you know, and it changes into something completely different. So just waiting till that editing process to edit it. Um, Because then once you get to that editing process and you start to read with different eyes, because now you're not writing, now you're editing, you will see all of the things that have come from your mind and your heart and just your entire being. And you'll be like, 
whoa, whoa. It, I cannot explain enough how cathartic the writing process is because you will, things will flow out of you that you didn't even know was in there. I definitely had that experience. I, you know, you know, like kind of guilty of being an overachiever here. Well, I did this like write your book in a weekend seminar twice. Um, and it was this guy, Tom Bird. He's in Sedona. And uh, he would like came locally and would do these like workshops. And the first one, um, he did this like hypnosis. He had like a hypnosis kind of music kind of formation vibe happening. It was like some, you know, subliminal. And then we did like all this breath work and all this stuff. And I actually, the very first time I ended up with like a tarot deck. And then the second time I ended up writing like a more traditional kind of self-helpy book. And actually I probably need to go dig those out because I never really did anything with either one. And that was one thing I wanted to kind of put to you as um, you have a deck as well. So I'm kind of curious yes. about that piece. And, um, you know, I just really relate because particularly with the breath work and stuff, like I had no idea like particularly this was like maybe 10 years ago and so it was still like very much more like heady and intellectual than I am now but like I really like it was this thing like came through me and it was such a such a powerful experience and um so vulnerable like oh my oh. god to put yourself out there like that so um and what a gift to share with the world because I I think one of my things I struggle with with the coaching industry is that accessibility piece. I mean, I have people who can't even access, you know, my therapy because of their prices, much less coaching. And so the way I try to look at it is like, you know, the people that are paying the premium prices are sort of like almost like the patron to for you to like share your knowledge with the world. That's kind of how I look at it and rationalize it. But I do think the book is like such a beautiful like calling card and it is so accessible and it is funny to see even like with this podcast, like who it reaches, like it's really popular with the international crowd. And, you know, like with podcasts, it's more anonymous. You don't, I guess, same thing with books. You don't necessarily know who's on the end unless they leave your review. Um, mm -hmm. But just it's so cool to see. So kind of curious about um, what's it like when it actually is like in physical form and people can buy it. Oh, my gosh, Megan. Like I will... I will it's help you. Feeling ever. It is literally the best feeling because it's like manifestation on steroids because it literally came from your head into the computer, into the computer wizards, and then poof, it's like in your hand, like all the things, all the things that you've written, all the things that like, like your ideas are literally in your hand. It is I can't explain it. And I love your artwork. Like I, you've been on my to buy list. So I definitely am going to have to order after we get off here because, um, the, you know, your cover artwork is so like amazing. Like your cards look so good. Like, you know, I just I think you've got that real like artistic eye. And like, I feel like the spiritual messages not only come through the words, but also like the artwork and just like the whole, you know, it's container, I guess. Yes. The whole package, you know, it's. I think definitely, I definitely think that you have that as well. You know, you are so creative and all of your, all of your, your containers and all of the things that you provide, you know, just has this mystic, you know, vibe to it and this feminine and just it's sexy and fun and flirty and just all of that stuff, you know, and uh, people need that. People need that in, in a book form or in cards and. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. I, 
my favorite thing to read is just like um feel good fiction you know like that kind of like book that you want to read at the beach like in a weekend or in a week like so that's what was kind of my idea was like to merge the two and to like yeah. sort of like a fun book you can read over the beach but then also mm-hmm. like all the self-help stuff is in there but it's like through characters that you really like love and look up to and everything and you were talking about the passion projects and I really feel like for me that's like ebooks and courses and workshops and stuff like to me those are things that like maybe I get obsessed with like short term and want to like you know like create something and, and it like maybe like flows through I think for me like thinking about like a more like long-term book like a novel or like I remember you did a post where I was like, this is like, you know, you've got one that's like a long one, you know, like 100 plus pages. And like, I feel like that's a whole different animal than, you know, like a 20 page ebook with links or something. Not that one's better or the other, but they just like definitely have like a different flavor to them. Yes. Yes, they do. So tell us a little bit about your creation, because I mean, that's one thing about I love the manifestors, because y'all are just like here to do your own thing and like make happen and inspire and catalyze other people and I just love I'm like oh my gosh you got a new project oh my god what is it next you know so tell us like back a little bit on your books and your things that are for sale on Amazon yes so I have the two um the two books on that are I was gonna say reading books but but (laughs) I have um I also have planners and um I have uh what do they call it? It's an art journal. It's, it is awesome. It is super cool. And that one actually does pretty well on there because it's a color your day happy art journal. And so you just color these mandalas in there. And at the end of the week, you get to write, you know, how you're feeling that week, you know, checking in with yourself, you know, it's, it's like a self-help book, but you're just coloring, you know, <laughs> that's it. Um, but I have a few of those. I have a dream journal and a shadow work journal as well. And and then I have my two books. My, I have my my book that is about a hundred some odd pages. Um, it's a it's a full full length book, you know, almost thirty thousand words. And Whoa. then I have, yeah, yes, that's the one that took two years. <laughs> it was it was a labor of love. Um, Which is that one like in spurts or like, like I went away for a weekend and did the outline and that seemed to really work for me. I haven't been able to like nail down like an hour a day kind of vibe. Like, was it, did you work on it daily? Was it in spurts both? Yes. So um, I started with the outline, you know, just to make sure that I stayed on task and stayed on topic, you know, within the book. And then once I had that down, I sat down for about half an hour a day. Um, I wasn't totally consistent with that. It was like when I had, you know, the opportunity to do that. Um, so also like mama and a thing, and you have a business. So like, yes, yeah, you know, you're a busy woman. <laughs> yeah. These guys. Um, yeah. So I would just sit down and I would speak the book so i i used dictation which i do not recommend um i mean if you speak like you write then it might be okay but you and i were talking about that earlier and uh the way i speak is completely different than the way that i write it's completely different so if you feel that you are the same then don't use dictation because once it gets to the editing process you will be like 
what was I trying to say here? Because not only is like the way we speak different and then there's like these, you know, things that we throw in there, the fillers like um and like and all these things, right? Um, but also the computer doesn't always pick up different things. And if you have like different settings on there, it's not going to catch any bad words. It's just going to be blank. And it's like, well, what was I trying to say there? <laughs> yeah. So I'm at a similar experience. I thought, oh, well, I can talk so much easier than I can write. Like, let me just do it that way. But I had a similar thing. I went to the transcription and I was like, I don't even work. What does this mean? Like, I, you know, I've gotten podcast episodes. Thankfully, those came out like actually. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know if it was audio quality or something like that, but um, it's really frustrating because you think when you're on in the moment, like, oh, I'm really on to something. And then you look back and it's like some gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how my, how my book ended up being. Um, but if you just, you know, spend about, you know, not even, like 20 minutes. 30 minutes, maybe if you have the time, you know, you can get at least 300 to 500 words a day, you know, and just um, continue on that train of creativity, that flow of inspiration, just allow it, you know, to come. It's a lot easier that way. And even if you sit down and you're like, I don't even know what to write. Like how, why did I even put this in the outline? Like why? Even if you sit down and you still feel like that and you just allow to allow yourself to write, you can even say, I don't even know what I'm talking here. Like, I don't even know why I put this in the book and blah, 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 blah. And then you'll just start typing and you'll start writing and it'll just start forming itself and on the page. So, yeah. Well, you know, we are here on Divine Feminine uh, Revolution podcast. And I do think like... um I, I was doing some quantum trans sessions uh, like right around New Year's and it was basically like, like, don't even worry about coaching, like get this book out. And I've kind of obviously did not take my hires. I do totally because I have just been like, pushing forward with coaching. But, um, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I think the universe is holding out on me a little bit. Like it really wants me to like write this book. And so I'm like, okay, I think I'm finally at the point where I'm like, okay, I just needed to, um, I, I feel like July, like some stuff is in my fifth house, which is like birthing babies, which I don't think there's like necessarily a physical baby coming, but I think there could be a book baby coming. And so I'm like, okay, universe is like, it's like putting my hand in the fire. Like it, you've been waiting too long to write this book. Just like go ahead and do it. And so. I feel like sometimes that sort of like manic, um, like that's how I've done like websites or sometimes like course creation and stuff. There's just like really like giving myself, you know, a few days or a week or like go on a retreat or something like that and just like let it pour out of me. So I think yeah. it's time and I've, I've outlined it. Um, you know, this one's like fiction. So um, if, if any of y'all are out there interested in that, like, and I think you could even use this outline for nonfiction, but. Um, the Save the Cat, which is like kind of a screenplay sort of guideline, like really helped me like kind of with the masculine to to give it like an overall structure. But then I really love that like vibe of like just being receptive and like letting it flow through. And, um, you know, something that you said to me in coaching like has really stuck with me and I've used it myself. It's just um, what you said about like the masculine and the feminine energy and the analogy between the the like the sperm and the eggs and like the sperm are on the mission and the eggs just kind of like sit there and wait like receptive and so mm -hmm. I feel like you know in the process of like 
you know, especially if you're tapping into, you know, specific information that wants to come through and you're like more like channeling in that way. Um, you know, there's so much like divine feminine energy of just like being the, the receptacle that like, you know, it is like embodies that as it flows through. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it is, it is such a, a blend of that. The, the masculine and the feminine, because the masculine is definitely having that outline, you know, a place for it to like, you know, go and a place uh, like a, like it's holding that space for the feminine to come in and the creativity of all of those beautiful words, you know, to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's super helpful um, because it is, it is so easy to get in your head, um, you know, like around is this good enough and worthiness. And I think if we can get past the whole worthiness thing, then it's like the, who am I to do this thing, you know? And I think that those, shut down creativity i was actually doing a teen group earlier today and they had a mixed media artist come in for um like a mindfulness practice and it was just really interesting to see the teens work like a lot of them got into it like some were just like i'm not doing it you know or like just did something really quick and then sat there and scrolled on their phones afterwards but i just feel like creativity is such a powerful vehicle for like transformation and I feel like creativity has saved my life. Like, I mean, it has been my coping strategy um, to deal with like the tough times and everything. And so I just like, like you mentioned art journaling, like I'm love art journaling. Um, I always wanted to be an artist, but didn't have the practice or like the art skills per se, but like to have something like a coloring book or collage or like vision boarding or whatever. Um, it's been such a powerful practice because like you really don't need the talent. You just need like some stencils or some stamps or stickers or whatever. Um, but I just I feel like that that's so much what our culture needs right now. I think so few people are creative anymore. We're all consuming and we're not being creators. And like to be a creator, like we create our lives like we are the ultimate creator, you know. Of, of what we experience and so like if you're if you feel like you you know people would be like I'm not creative and I'm like you're like totally you cutting out from your power yeah <laughs> like that's like the most important thing you can be you're you're a creator like of course you're creative so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how did you kind of get over that with with your process like just going ahead and making it a priority like balancing that masculine and feminine Oh my gosh. Um, so I was actually part of a, uh, a mastermind. And so kind of like being part of that mastermind and having the sisterhood there kind of like kicked me in the butt to do it because, um, every week I'd be coming with the same thing, like I'm still writing my book, you know, and and everybody was so, you know, so supportive, you know, and just like, you got this, you know, and there were so many times that they had to lift me up because uh, I was like, I can't, I can't anymore. I can't do this. Like, this is like, what if it's total garbage? Like, what if I say, you know, something that triggers somebody? Like, what if it's just not received? Like, what if somebody reviews it and they hate it? Like what, you know, and I, it would just like completely derail any kind of you know creative flow or anything you know and uh so being part of that um 
accountability and being part of that sisterhood really, you know, did help me to finally finish my book because then I was able to go back and be like, I'm done, you know. Um, but it did, it did take a while. I finished it outside of the, uh, the mastermind, um, just because I, I was, I had the, um, the Oracle cards that I was working on and the book because I wanted to release them together because they go together, you know, like once you read and and get activated by what's inside activating your inner alchemist and then having the, um, the alchemist affirmation set just really, you know, brings it home the things that you have just gained from that book, you know, and allowing it to stew and, and be a part of your, your being and allowing it to sit there and help you manifest. So, but yeah, I, I had help and support and accountability. I think that is kind of the magic ingredient. That's why we like invest in masterminds and um, containers and that sort of thing. Um, can I carry some about the Oracle card? I know like I bought a class, which I think I've like yet to actually consume around like creating an Oracle deck on Canva. Um, yeah. Curious, like, did you go through like another provider? Like, what was that like design process like? What, what like, what did you use? Yes. So I did. <laughs> um, it was really hard to find a card maker that was affordable because originally I was going to go the overseas route because I wanted to be able to sell on Amazon and be able to have the cards and the book sell at the same time through Amazon, right? I mean, that's like the most practical idea, right? Um, But doing the whole overseas thing was a complete nightmare. And I just, I could not, like, I, I just... It was just not feasible, you know, especially through everything that the world is going through right now and like all and what I was going through, you know, be, being stay at home and teaching my kid and all of this stuff. Um, it was a long process. So a lot of that time was taken up trying to figure out how to do the overseas thing yeah. without a team. I don't have a team. It's just me, myself and I, <laughs> So you know, trying to figure that out. I'm talking to the um, the the people who would ship it and making sure because there's all these things along the way from getting it from port to port and then into Amazon's warehouse and all of those things. Like I've learned so much stuff about that that I hope I never have. (laughs) It was just it was too much. Um, so I decided to go the other route and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to charge whatever I want because I wanted, you know, an affordable price. I like having affordable options for my audience and for my clients. Um, but with that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be able to, I'm going to charge a higher price. You know, people, people know me, people are going to read my book. They're going to see the cards, you know, it's going to be a package deal. And they already know what's inside the book. So the higher price, you know, should be fine. You know, I'm allowed, I am allowed to charge a higher price. Right. And, um, and so when I allowed myself to feel that, you know, I then searched other, um, other distributors and I went with make playing cards and it was Mm -hmm. really simple. It was really, really simple. I, uh, I did the backgrounds all myself on, um, on procreate. So that was fun. 
Um, and I just had the, the size in Canva, dropped it in there and I, you know, wrote the, the affirmations and then I sent all of those pictures over to make playing card and then they printed it for me. Um, yeah. And like to have this like tangible, like, oh my gosh, I'm an Oracle deck. That's definitely on the bucket list. Yes. Yeah. It, like I said, there is no way to explain the feeling of actually like holding it in your hand, you know? I mean, so many times we, you know, manifest so many different things, right? We manifest money. We manifest like different, you know, um, checks coming in the mail. You know, we manifest um, a, a dinner at a place that we've been wanting to eat at. We manifest a parking spot or a house or anything like that, right? which is really cool and awesome and we're grateful, right? But this is a different kind of manifestation. Like this is something that you've taken from and it's not like a course because that's cool too when you've built a course, you know, or you've, you know, built a membership or something like that, you know. This is something physical in your hands that you can hold, you can, you can touch, you can feel, you know. It's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. So, you know, well, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm playing glow because it's all about the course I'm launching right now. It's all about manifestation and pleasure. And that was going to kind of be my question to you, which is, um, did it feel like self-indulgent to take the time out to do it? Like, I mean, I can tell that it gave you like so much like pleasure and inspiration and stuff. Like, what did you, was that an edge that you had to go through to just like carve out the time in your busy life to, to make it happen? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, because like, you know, you, you can suffer like imposter syndrome, like I said, you know, and if, if you allow that to crop up or the other fears that come along with it, like, you know, who's going to read this? What are they going to say? All those things, you know, um, that's why a lot of writers don't end up being published authors because of those things you know those things that that come up delay of gratification you know because like like you said it took you two years to write your book you know like versus you could like launch something you know a course or something and have more Mm -hmm. like an immediate payoff and Mm -hmm. I like I think that that sometimes is an obstacle especially like I know when I first had that reading like back in that day it was like pretty social media like aging myself here but (laughs) you know, like the internet and social media were just catching on. And so like you had to have a literary agent and you had to write a book proposal and all this stuff. And so I did a ton of research about that time trying to figure out like how to get published. And I think it's just like such a cool time now that you don't oh, yeah. go through all of that. Like you can self-publish and if you do mm-hmm. good with self-publishing and you have an audience, like it will get picked up, you know, mm-hmm. by, by, you know, mainstream. Um, So, but I guess like for me, I still am like, oh, well, like, what if I spend, you know, the next two years of writing this book and then like nothing comes of it? Like, what if it, you know, doesn't get put? I mean, I think I would self-publish it. So like, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there's that like what if moment. And I think, you know, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you get choked up here. You know, for me as a mom or something like that, <laughs> you could see I'm releasing here. <laughs> oh my God, this doesn't happen on the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, you know, as Megan was saying, um, 
It, it really is. It's a, uh, you can end up putting that on the, on the back burner, um, because of all those things that come up. But if, you know, if you have a passion for writing or you want to tell your story, there are so many different ways um, to make it become a reality. If you have a budget, um, you can hire a ghostwriter. Um, if you, you know, have a budget, you can hire someone to make your cover. You can hire someone to write your intro. You can hire somebody to write your outline. Um, if you don't have a budget, you know, you can obviously do all that stuff yourself. I think the, I think what, um, I was just saying, um, that, if you have a budget, you can get some of those things done. You know, you can get a, um, you can get a ghostwriter. You could get somebody to write your outline. You can get someone to write your intro, somebody to make your, um, your cover, your back cover. I mean, literally you can hire for all of those things. Right. Um, but the, uh, if you want to do it yourself, you know, and it is a passion project and you do want it out in the world and you have something in you that you, you want to make this happen. Like, like I did. Um, I think it's just the, the conviction and it doesn't matter how long it takes you. It doesn't matter how long it takes you as long as you carve out just a little bit of time every day. And I, for a long time, I had it on my vision board. I had it up on my vision board. I had it written on my wall. I had it on my, um, on my uh, mirror inside my bathroom. I like had it everywhere. Like I'm doing this because, you know, what really helped me is since I, I always wanted to write, I always wanted to write. I was, you know, 11 years old and I remember like just writing out in the grass, you know, and being like, oh my gosh, like this would be so cool. You know, if I had a book just out there, you know, for people to read. And I, I was thinking about her. I was thinking about her every time that I wrote something. Also my audience as well, but I was thinking about her in the actions that I was taking. Like, she would be so proud of me right now. She would be so incredibly proud that I actually made this happen. And that's what helped get through those times where I was like, oh my gosh, like we're going to get this done, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was really thinking about her. I love that you did that for your little girl. And um, I'm just kind of like laughing at myself because one of the things I love about like real and raw, you know, that's like, I feel like authenticity and vulnerability is such a big part of my brand. And <laughs> I've had this happen, like teaching university classes, like working with clients and stuff, but we'll probably edit around it. But I totally just got choked up. And I know that that was like a release and you're a Reiki master teacher. So am I, um, you know, I've worked with clients where they get that coughing fit and it, it like literally talk about like some throat chakra stuff. I'm like sitting here like, I can't make time to do my book. And then I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, particularly if you believe in like past lives, like a lot of us witchy women had, you know, um, lives where we were persecuted for magic. And I think that that can create like a lot of like throat chakra issues and I know that's kind of the case for me. And so um, just really, I think, you know, releases, whether it's releasing a book or, 
you know, just releasing a block, like kind of all the same thing, just like letting it through, flow through and like having the courage to like kind of be seen with that. So thank you for <laughs> taking over for that little like awkward moment there when I was like choking up. No worries. <laughs> and if you choose to edit out, that that's fine too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it can be edited out, but just to use it as a little learning lesson kind of thing, you know. And um, I think that that, you know, um, that was like the piece of like doing the the podcast for me. I feel like kind of almost like it was a more comfortable format because I had worked one-on-one with people. I love talking with people. All the subjects we talk about are like so fun. I'm like, um, I'm very, you know, just like selfishly motivated to like hear about these things. And hopefully the audience loves it too. Um, but yeah, the book, it, it does feel like it's like another level of this thing. And I, I feel really inspired by what you shared about your little girl and like how much she loved writing. And yeah, I feel like when it's your life purpose, it is this like sort of double-edged sword because like you're meant to do it which is a big pull and motivation but then at the same time it can also just feel like so excruciatingly vulnerable because it's also your purpose um i'm big into like numerology and i've talked about on the podcast my life path is 29 11 and um my whole family like my daughter and my son have oh my gosh hello freddian but it's been my daughter maybe there's a son on the way we'll see um, I've been told that, but <clears throat> um, they're all ones as well. And so we're like a creativity. One represents creativity and confidence. And I can see in them and in myself, we are such creative people and we all are confident in a certain way. But then it's like the double edged sword that's also like extremely like vulnerable, um, both of those things. And so I just love that you like made the space to show up for your little girl, especially when you know, so much was going on in your life. Um, just personally, like the pandemic, uh, <laughs> you know, um, all the things that going go along with being a mom boss. Um, it's no easy. So um, just love that you showed up for her. Yeah, well, that was my my inner child, yeah. my inner child just yeah, showing yeah. up for her and, and making it happen. Um, but the, what's also very cool, you know, speaking of like that childlike energy and stuff, when I published my books and I got them in the mail and I showed my kids, they were just like, what? Like, mom, you're on a book? Like, yeah, I wrote that book and they're just like, what? And they were just like, and my, my young, my older kid was just kind of like, like kind of confused and like analyzing like how that happened and my youngest was just like flipping through the pages like wrote this book you wrote this book you know and uh my my oldest son like he'll he'll tell like his teachers and stuff he's like oh yeah my mom's an author and they're like oh yeah that's really cool that she's an author he's like no wait she's a published author <laughs> but you wrote this sweetest little post about um like your son having a headache and you doing reiki and it just was like so sweet and powerful and i think um that was kind of my inspiration for getting reiki was um this was back when i was in grad school 15 well i'm like 20 i don't know you'd probably add numbers don't matter a while but you know a couple decades ago i was in grad school and 
and my dad was going to get cancer the first time and um I just felt like so helpless and powerless and it was just such a really tough time for me and um I did this like Reiki training and really joined like a healing center and um it just really like fused with my psychology um background and so like for me they were like the influences were coming at the same time and so it was like such a great marriage for me to kind of be a more holistic psychologist and and now like a pleasure psychologist I'm fully owning that um and so I think it's just uh I love the you know um you know you can share that with your babies and help them feel better. And they're not babies anymore, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, I, in, in that post, you know, I, I talked about like, you know, all the things that are happening, you know, right now, all of us are affected. Right. Um, and it was just all the things just weighing down on me, you know, and just being isolated, <laughs> being a mom, you know, all these different things. Like, I was feeling like I was unworthy of holding the space of Reiki because Reiki is unconditional love, right? And me feeling like garbage. I was like, how am I, how am I going to hold the space for this? So I just kind of stopped doing it because I was like, well, I'm just, you know, today I'm not in the best space or today I'm not in the best space. And, and it just kept, you know, going down that track. I mean, um, and so things started to really change. You know, we made some different changes within our family dynamic. And, um, and then my, my son got a new uh, teacher. Not that the other teacher was bad. She was fantastic. It was just the amount of work for him. He's, um, he's autistic. So he has a, an entire IEP team and, and everything. And, and I feel like, the teacher before, although she was absolutely fantastic, I think it was more, she was trying to make him more uh, neurotypical. And the teacher that we, she, he got afterwards, because the other one left, um, was actually like assisting him being neurodivergent, you know, and helping okay. him. Yeah, you know, like take plenty of breaks, like get away from the screen, go outside, you know, like all of these beautiful self-care things you know, and just allowing him to do what he could and not sweat the rest. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a godsend because I'm like sitting here in tears. He's in tears. Like I'm trying to get him to do his work because I don't want him to fail. I don't want him to repeat second grade, you know? I'm just like, oh my gosh. But um, back to the raking, you know, like before before all that, like I would, you know, I would help him with his um, tummy aches or when he had a cold or you know, all of those different things. And um, I just forgot, you know, I just forgot to do that stuff because I wasn't at my best because I wasn't perfect, right? Not perfect. Not the perfect human, right? Um, and I think that that's a trend in the spiritual community. You know, you have to be high vibes only all the time and only show up when you're in the best you know, energy and you can only do things when, you know, and it's just, it's too much. We are human. Exactly. We are human. We're allowed to be human. We're allowed to feel our very human feelings. And it doesn't make us any less worthy of our spiritual healing tools. You know, the, those healing tools are there to help us through those times. 
And I just, I had to remember with the help of my son saying, you do have something to help. You have Reiki. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I do. You're so wise. I was talking about that with the team. I was doing the group. I'm like, you know, sometimes you all come in knowing more than your parents do. As like an authoritarian style of parenting doesn't make room for that. But I do feel like these kids are coming in with such gifts. And I've worked with a lot of autistic clients through the years, like mostly to some teens, but also like adults. And I just feel like, you know, they have such a beautiful gift to give the world. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that they need to like adjust to the expectations of like how it's been working. Like they're here to be the change makers and to bring out like a more balanced approach. And I share the same thing with, um, I mean, I just feel like schools are so achievement oriented. Like my daughter was learning things in third grade. She'd be like, what, how old were you when you, I was like, I don't know, sixth grade. And you're learning it in third grade. Like, I just feel like they're pushing way too much on these kids. Like they were reading at like, first grade I'm like wait what like it just it it's like um I don't I feel like that is is way often it's all about like you know the numbers and the testing and getting money to the schools oh, and the funding and all of that yeah I know that's a whole nother like I go on and on I know I terrorize the parents because we're like you gotta do your homework we gotta get this thing turned in and you know it's just like oh my god I I do really like so feel like divine feminine revolution, you know, this like matriarchy rising. I do feel like the school systems are something that really so need to be changed. Um, there are so much bureaucracy and red tape and like just um I feel like no child left behind was like every child left behind. <laughs> um in the way that they just made it all about the testing. And, you know, I also have many had many teachers as clients and have just been like I hate life because you can't do what you want. You can't do what's been for the kids. It's all about the bureaucracy and the numbers. And anyway, I'm like on the soapbox here, but I do just like, you know, that's like the legal system, the educational system, the government, you know, some of these things like are drastically like kind of need to crash and burn and like, let's start anew with like a more (laughs) um, responsive. uh, Yeah. And sustainable and more nurturing because I mean, so many things kids are learning in school and they can't use them when they graduate. So what's the point? Why aren't we teaching self-care? Why aren't we teaching self-regulation? Why aren't we teaching? I mean, home economics was, you know, a a jaded thing. But why aren't we teaching that in some kind of capacity? People don't know how to cook. People don't know how to clean. People don't know how to use their finances. People don't know how to apply for credit. You know, purpose. Yeah. To keep us. Those are the things you're doing when you go out into the world. So why are you learning about these things that that don't even apply? Yeah. You know, just so you could pass a test so the school can get money. I think also yeah. to fall back to that toxic positivity, like that's kind of the season that I have been in with my business was, um, you know, I'm talking about it on the podcast and on my content stuff, but my dad uh, was diagnosed with uh, leukemia. Um, in like October of last year and again it like hit me really hard like I just referenced with the first time when I was in grad school and I got the Reiki um but like I just part of survival and self-care I was like okay I just like really need to focus on like my paid you know showing up to like the minimum that I have to do because it was such a painful time but then I was also like um what am I going to write about and I had been writing these maybe like boarding a little bit on toxic positivity you know it's like authentic to me but I feel like it was like 
a little like trying to be high vibe kind of thing. And then I was like, I can't go there. Like I'm feeling mm-hmm. not that way, you know? Right. And I do think that those are the moments where you have the healing crisis. And I think they actually get you, um, like for me, it was definitely like a reset. Like I did kind of just like disappear for a few months. And then I did feel like that hole of like, um, even if it, you know, doesn't always come with like the financial success that I would want. Like I do feel like putting my thoughts and my words and like my products and my creation out there is just like important because it like fulfills me. And I feel like I just came from like a, um, it really like bottomed me out into, I love like, like Brene Brown and like the vulnerability thing. Um, you know, and I know like every public figure has, you know, some things that they slip up and say, or, or, you know, they need to like work on their, you know, diversity and inclusion or whatever. Um, but I just think like leading with your vulnerability and your experience, it is so like scary and, and powerful and raw. And like, I, I noticed um, that those are the posts that do really well. The messy ones, the ones I'm afraid to like hit send or like I did one with like my double chin and I was like, oh my God. Um, but those are the ones people like because we're so yeah. sick of seeing the fake plastic stuff, you know, and I think. It's kind of impossible to also do like those emotional vulnerable posts like 100% of the time because then you're just like kind of bleeding on people. But, um, you know, those are the ones that get the response. And so I, I think that that is a really powerful movement um, to to show the whole human experience. And yeah. I find it so like when you're just saying like not feeling worthy of the Reiki, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, you're so worthy. And you're such an amazing healer. And that's just like a part of you, you know. But I know those mom moments where <laughs> Like, you know, losing your temper or you haven't slept in days or you just feel like shit. <laughs> You're totally with you there. And I think like putting a spotlight on that because otherwise people for, are like stretching to try to get something that isn't even real. Like that person who like has it doesn't even have it. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the healing modalities are, are there, you know, they're, they're there not for when, not just for when we are feeling our best, mm-hmm. but also when we're feeling our worst, you know, and really leaning into them when, you know, when it happens. Um, and I think too, like, and I, that's usually what happens, right? Like we, we when we're doing really really good we can like kind of skip out on our self-care and our you know and our our tools and stuff and then it's when we're not feeling good that we're like oh my gosh like I need this right now but the thing is is that you know if we get over that hurdle of you know um being worthy or using our gifts and continuously using them consistently then, you know, those times are less and less. Not that they don't happen, but, you know, it helps because you've already, you've already created a habit of using it, you know? So, yeah. And I've done it with my children too. So my kids, they're, they are totally on board with Reiki. They love Reiki. You know, even, even my little one, he sits down and he's like, and then he does it he sits there and he puts his little hands out and he like closes his eyes and he's like 
you know, like rubbing my, my feet or my leg or whatever it is. I'm like, oh my God, so cute. Like, yes, yes. I know. It means like, I mean, I feel like our young ones, you know, especially like born to the healers, like, of course, you know, they've got the healing gifts, but I really do just feel like these young generations are like such healers. But the thing about them is they like dish out what they get. You know what I mean? Like they like you have to respect them for them to respect you. And so like, you know, you can't use like force and power. Like it's not gonna work. You know, the old yeah, paradigm of power over people like does not work with these kids because they're multidimensional and gifts and and like we need to like learn from them, you know, yes. and like they they are the, you know, leading us into this new um divine feminine kind of yeah. revolution that's upon us. Yeah. If I could share something real quick. So my my oldest son, um, he is like like I said, he's he's neurodivergent and I'm neurodivergent too, but my brain doesn't work like his. Like we're very different from each other, but you know, obviously we love each other. Um and there was a, a point in like my my self-healing journey and um I was thinking like, you know, I am I give advice to so many people, you know, and I, and I help so many different people and, you know, and I hold space for so many people, you know, for a time there, I was taking care of my mom as well. And in my family dynamics, like no one keeps me accountable, like to myself or, you know, tells me like, Hey, Leah, like you're being a little too much right now. Or like, you know, or something like that. And I'm like, who's my mirror? Like, who's my mirror? Who, who can reflect back to me what I, like how I am behaving, like what I am doing, right? Who's my mirror? And then it wasn't until after that, I realized it's my oldest son. <laughs> it is my oldest son. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is why we butt heads all the time because he is my mirror. He is showing me exactly who I am as a person. And sometimes that can be really hard to accept, you know? I know for me, it's hard. Hard I forget what the other one is, but. <laughs> yeah, As Aries, Sun, Scorpio, Moon, and uh, Cancer Rising. And he's, he's like, sir, Cancer, Sun, Aries, Moon. So we're like, like, you know. My daughter is that an Aries, Moon. So does my dad. And um and same kind of similar thing. So my husband and my daughter are, he's a 41.5, she's a 14.5. So they're the same life path, but reverse. And then um, they're Chirons. Like she's got Chiron and Pisces. He's got Pisces moon. He's got Chiron and Aries. She is an Aries moon. And so they're like, yeah, that's one of the soul contracting relationships for sure, yes. for better or for worse. Yes. <laughs> So I feel yeah. you. And she's kind of like a mini me too. So it's, you know, I'll be like, she's getting the attitude. And I'm like, oh my God, like here, have so much attitude. And I'm like, is that how I sound? And she's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, Megan. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> I'm so nice and stuff on the air. She's like, you're so nice to your clients. Like, why can't you be nice? <laughs> I'm like, well, they, they pay me to be nice. But like, you know. Mommy's a lot of nice at the end of the day so. True. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, they are the 
perfect mirrors, like perfect mirrors. And like you were saying, you know, we're learning from them. Yes, a hundred percent. I have learned more from my children than I have learned anywhere else or in like anything like the the capacity for love right the capacity for love the capacity for compassion the capacity for uh, for creativity like all of the different things it's just like it's mind-blowing absolutely yeah like there's still no better feeling than like your child's skin on you it like completes the circuit you know it's just so powerful um, so I'm definitely going to have you back on. I would love to like, we could talk about a million things uh, for, no. probably for hours. Um, so <laughs> I do know you have a really amazing like breathwork kind of workshop coming up. Um, so I don't know if you got your final thought out, but I just want to invite you to, you know, finish your thought and also uh, promote all your transformational experiences. And let me just say, you know, you are such a catalyst on my journey and you have just, I feel like a, and y'all, I've worked with like probably too many coaches, like a lot of really like amazing, incredible coaches. And I feel like you're definitely one of the people that like held me the most, especially in that very first coaching experience. And I have thought about like, what if I just like stayed with Aaliyah, you know, like the whole time, like, you know, I've like, and sometimes I feel that almost as like a regret just because it was just like such a powerful container. And I just like kind of buy into the Oh, like, let me learn from this like millionaire coach, you know, and I do think um, that the more I've paid for coaching, not to say that I didn't learn or it wasn't worth a lesson or whatever, almost like the less that I've got. (laughs) So maybe it's just like the nerd in me. I really like the classes and the content and the concepts and stuff like that. But when you're paying like thousands of dollars for like a few precious hours, like I just don't think that there's always enough time for the full transformation to happen but anyway just to say that I just want to like really say you're an incredible coach like you're a incredible mm-hmm. healer like you hold space for the transformation and everyone should like go hire Leah and take her workshops and everything so I'll just hand it over to you now oh, thank you so much so you know we're talking about healing modalities and we're talking about Reiki and breastwork and I even mentioned um, breastwork and I have outlined a couple of breastwork um, exercises inside of my book activating your inner alchemist and it's you know reading it is a lot different than actually like practicing it you know and I realized that I need to be out there and teaching this because it is such an incredible healing modality like it has helped me more than I can say and it along with the Reiki I my children also use breath work and I've noticed too in school they have started implementing like box breathing which is absolutely amazing I love you know, I do, I have a vision of going in the future and like teaching some of these modalities at school because that would be just so incredible to be able to provide this to, you know, to children or even, you know, young adults to be able to um, regulate their nervous system because that's, that's exactly what breathing does. And yeah, um, breathing for me, this is my conviction. Breathing is the root of all healing. Because no matter what you're doing, if you're if you're doing Reiki, if you're doing meditation, if you're journaling, if you're doing art, your breath changes. Your breath changes when you're doing those uh, exercises, when you're doing those modalities. 
And that's that's what I am teaching inside of my workshop that I have running on July 8th. It's called uh, the Breath Bar Workshop. And yeah, so the reason why it's called the Breath Bar is because there are different categories of breathing. Because when we go online and we're like looking for a breath, you know, exercise and and then we follow it on YouTube and like, okay, you know, this is for relaxing and okay, we're going to be doing this exercise, you know, this breath exercise. You kind of just don't understand like why you're doing it. Like, you know, you want to do it to help relieve anxiety or stress, but it's like, how often do I use it? When do I use it? So there's three different categories of um, breathing. And the first one is the coffee category. So the coffee category, you can imagine all the breathing exercises that really like ramp you up and get you fired up. So obviously you want to be using those in the morning um, before exercise or, you know, you can even do it before you go into writing because then you're super activated. Like you are cognitive, you are, you know, in your clairvoyance, you're clear, all of these things. So then we have the water category. Sorry, my phone. Um, we have the water category where you can uh, you can drink water any time of the day, right? Like you can, it, it won't affect you. It'll just keep you hydrated, right? So the water category is all about balance. It's really just balancing you out. So in the afternoon is probably one of the better times to use it, but you can use it any time of day. It's going to balance you out if you're feeling too, you know, too hyper, or if you're feeling too, um, too sleepy, it's going to balance you out. And then we have the tea category, which, you know, a nighttime tea, you know, it's all about that relaxation and really helping you to get into that relaxed mode and to fall asleep and just to, you know, um, get into that rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system. So all of that stuff I'm, I am teaching inside of the, the breast bar because I'm serving up all of these <laughs> categories. We're going to be doing breath exercises and uh, it's, it's for a month and um, we meet four times and you have homework between those things and we get to talk about it and, and share our experiences and all the fun stuff. I'm really excited about it. Well, I was sold. That's so awesome. And I agree. Like, you know, we need breath to live and yet we take it so for granted and like the yeah. ability to heal and transform. So love that. Um, well, thank you so much, Leah. I'd love to have you back. And um, just, that I was would good love to, to come back. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure we could do like an episode on each one of these topics. We just did like a little sprinkling for everybody yeah. today. Um, but go check out our workshops. And thank you all so much in the audience for watching. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.